are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, and that means you're stuck with us. You're stuck <laughs> with me. No getting out of it. <laughs> no getting out of it. I am Luke Braun. I do Locked On Vikings. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Ross is also here. He does Locked On Saints. You can find him on Twitter at Ross Jackson N-O-L-A. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and let them know that Locked On sent you. And today on the show, we are talking about, obviously, the big news of Monday is Melvin Ingram finally finds a home. He signs with the Steelers. We'll talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about the Miami Dolphins. We have Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins coming in to explain what's going on with Miami Dolphins, where they exist in the AFC East and go over their roster. And then, of course, it's Tuesday, so that means we're doing the Fantasy Forum. You're are coming up. It's time to start listening to the fantasy parts of this. Time to pay attention so you can get an edge on your league. And we're talking a little bit about some of the uh, franchise tag deadline expirations that happened. Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, where those guys fit in and what it means that they didn't get signed to a long term deal here on the Locked On NFL podcast. But let's go all the way back and start with Melvin Ingram, who signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers one year, four million dollars and kind of one for one replaces Bud Dupree in that defensive front. Yeah, it's a really kind of exciting signing to see happen. You've got Stephon Tuitt there. You've got uh, Cam Hayward. Of course, you've got TJ Watt. You have these fantastic players that can put a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks and, of course, quarterbacks within the division that they'll want to get pressure on. Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, of course. Yeah, young guys. Yeah, so I thought that this signing from Elvin Ingram, just like you mentioned, should one-for-one kind of replace what Bud Dupree was able to bring to them last season with eight sacks and uh, some pretty good pressure and disruption uh, within the uh, along that defensive line. It feels like this eternal law of nature that the Pittsburgh Steelers must have an awesome front seven. Yeah. I mean, Cameron Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, TJ Watt, Devin Bush... Alex Highsmith, who I think kind of came on. I think he's a little sneaky good. And now you you add uh, Melvin Ingram to it. It's just they just must have a very good front. It must be difficult to block against the the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we're going to have that here again. Um, And I think I I don't know. I I don't think there's much question on if Melvin Ingram still like has enough in the tank or anything like that. Um, You know, these retirement tour years can go up. They can go down. But I, I really love that this is the place that he ended up. I think it's a really, yeah. really fun destination for Melvin Ingram to just inject him into this front that's already pretty star-studded. Yeah, and you needed to replace some good production from Bud Dupree, 19 and a half sacks over the last 27 games, but they had to play the last pretty much month of the season without him last year anyway with that ACL tear. Alex Highsmith stepped into that, as you mentioned. He was sort of drafted uh, with the expectation that he would fill in for Dupree if he left Dupree, of course, now with the Tennessee Titans. And so you go from having this guy that, you know, played 609 snaps last year and ended up being uh, ranked as football outsiders 19th best uh, run defender individually at his position amongst edge rushers, allowing only 1.7 rush yards going his way, in addition to the pass rushing prowess that he also brought as a disruptor. And in 
so you lose a couple of different elements there. You get Devin Bush back from injury, so that kind of helps to maybe mitigate that, but then you pacify it even more with the addition of Melvin Ingram here. So a great, great, great signing for what's going to be another very good Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Yeah, one caveat, and I think this Mm -hmm. is something that that Pittsburgh can probably – Pittsburgh fans should be a little concerned about. Tyson Alualu nose tackles 34. Cam Hayward's yep. 32. Melvin Ingram's 32. Joe Hayden's 32. Vince Williams will turn 32 in the season. Uh, and that's... Thank you, Marcus Mosher, for typing all that out yep. on Twitter. Um, <laughs> that is a little bit of a concern as you get further into the season. Do those old guys hold up? Are they going to be you know more injury-prone and stuff? So far, I don't think they've really shown those signs of aging, as we we say. You know, Pittsburgh, they've got their problems, but the front has not really been one of them. Um, But, you know, that kind of thing can kind of come in out of nowhere. And it it is pretty likely that, you know, one of those guys has their age cliff. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, though, if they get one more good season out of those guys to help to kind of uh get through this what will probably be ben roethlisberger's last season or what could very well be ben roethlisberger's last season then after that you might launch into rebuild mode because you don't have a secession plan behind ben roethlisberger anyway so if you have these veteran defensive guys that can give you one more great year and sort of a win now type of a situation which let's be real every team is win now in the nfl yeah, it's a very much a last hurrah kind of vibe yeah. for the Steelers. And then they kind of break the whole thing apart while probably the, the division becomes the property of the Browns and Ravens and, you know, younger teams, Bengals, if, if Burrow Chase thing works out. Yeah. Um, it's a tough division, though. And, and mm-hmm. it is like a very young division and then the Steelers. And then the Steelers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely right. So it's going to be really interesting watching the Pittsburgh Steelers as they try to fend off father time in a way when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger and maybe, uh, you know, staring down the pathway of a future rebuild. Next up, we're going to talk about a team that seems to be coming out of a rebuild and is kind of ready to jump into 2021 with a lot of promising young stars that, of course, being the Miami Dolphins. We're going to be joined by Kyle Krabs here in just a moment to preview them ahead of training camp as we continue our 32-team NFL training camp preview here on Locked On NFL. Hey, Luke, do you know what the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Miami Dolphins have in common? Crushing losses to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the divisional round of the playoffs. Ugh, ain't that the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I just hurt Dolphins fans bad. Yeah, I think you hurt both fans pretty bad. But I'll tell you what, here's the other thing they have in common. Over at betonline.ag, they both have the third best odds to win their respective divisions, AFC Mm -hmm. North and the AFC East. Miami Dolphins right now plus 375 over on betonline.ag behind the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Meanwhile, over in the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers are behind the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns at plus 375. 80. So the only teams below them would be the New York Jets at plus 1600 and the Cincinnati Bengals at plus one. I'm sorry, 1400 in each of those divisions. So if those make you feel any kind of way you want to bet in favor of either one of those teams, the best place to do it is over at betonline.ag. You could also check out the rest of the division futures. You can look at division placement. You can look at over under points for the Super Bowl already, as well as AFC or NFC Super Bowl spread odds. You can already go and check all of that out. By the way, the money line says an AFC team minus 130 will win the Super Bowl in 2022. So go and check out that and much more across the entire sporting world over at betonline.ag. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, so you can get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That is a 50% welcome bonus, 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit over at betonline.ag with the promo code locked on, betonline, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, everybody, moving on. We're doing uh, a training camp preview a day. That means we're covering one team every day here on the Locked On NFL podcast. And today we're focusing in on the Miami Dolphins. So we have Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. Thanks for joining us. How you doing, Kyle? Good to be on with you guys. It's uh, any excuse to get anything extra than just five episodes of Locked On Dolphins on a weekly basis to talk more Miami Dolphins football is like, <laughs> I'm lining up. I'm ready. So you guys hit me up. I'm like, yep, let's you gotta let's spread the, good on the soapbox again. Yep, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, soapbox a little bit because I feel like I want to. I want to start with the defense. We never start with defense. Mm. This is a sneaky good defense, and maybe they're sneaky just because the Dolphins don't get a lot of press. But like, if you just go up and down the roster, there's a lot of players. So I don't know. Soapbox. Am I getting too hyped about this defense? Are they going to be for real, or is this going to be one of those units where you kind of it's not a lot of big name value JJ Watts, but they do it. Yeah, I think that's the big evolution that's going to have to take place with this defense is they were really smart, really good on third down, very opportunistic. I thought they had three primary needs heading into this offseason. They needed to get better as a pass rushing unit off the edge so they didn't have to blitz as often as they did. They were one of the most aggressive teams in blitzing in the NFL Mm -hmm. last year. I think they were the third highest rate of blitz last season. They needed to get better at inside linebacker to help stuff the run. And they needed to get better at the nickel corner position. Well, they traded for Bernardrick McKinney. They drafted in the first round, Jalen Phillips. And then they signed Justin Coleman yeah. uh, from Detroit in free agency to compete with the incumbent there, Nick Needham, who's been UDFA uh, starter the last two years. And they also drafted Javon Holland in the second round, who is going to play high free safety for them, but has the versatility. Uh, they, yeah, they, they got better in all the key spots. And uh, they were a really rock-solid group last year. It's just who are those next couple of hopefully elite players going to be for this group? So, Kyle, speaking of the defense, there's a star cornerback that a lot of kind of conversation has been had around and a lot has been made of around the news in Xavier Howard and the Miami Dolphins. Bit of a fracture in that relationship. What can you tell us about that situation? Ross, the uh, the Xavier Howard situation is a complicated one. Obviously, Howard feels some kind of way about his pay structure versus uh, the production that he put on the field last year, and understandably so. He had 10 interceptions. But the Dolphins have four years of contractual control remaining for Xavier Howard, so they're not really in a place where they should feel any level of pressure uh, to just renegotiate, which is Brian Flores' words is not mine, uh, renegotiate the contract extension that they signed Howard to in 2019, like 24 months ago. So... uh, I could see that going any number of different ways, but I would also say if you asked me today, it's more likely that Howard gets traded based on the depth that they have in the corner position and what price tag Howard would likely command, which is a first round plus, not Jalen Ramsey level compensation. Ramsey was 25 years old. He was in the prime of his career. Uh, And if financials are the primary concern for Xavier Howard, then missing time and potentially missing games isn't really going to be an appealing outcome for him. I want to flip over to the offensive side of the ball because obviously we have the Tua question. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I kind of want to talk about the help around Tua right now because mm-hmm. the skill players are exciting. Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, you know, Jalen Waddell, Mike Gesicki, um, and the offensive line, I don't really know what to make of. I haven't studied those guys in enough detail, so you'll have to help me out there. But is this a, a an offensive setup that is going to nurture to attack of Iloa to make him, uh, you know, to put him in the best place to succeed. I definitely think 
the point of emphasis in speed. When you think about drafting Jalen yeah. Waddle, signing Will Fuller, they also yeah. brought in Robert Foster in free agency as well. They give the sense, based on they've made an offensive coordinator change, that they are going to pass to set up the run. And that was a big thing this offseason was, wow, the Dolphins didn't find a, a running back to push Miles Gaskin out of the starting role. Well, they talked when they drafted Jalen Waddle about how the speed dynamic of Waddle and Fuller is going to lift that extra safety out of the box. So you're not going to be outgapped in the run game. It's it's more cushion between the second and third level of the defense for intermediate throws, which is going to help Devontae Parker and Mike Kosecki. It's going to lift that space between the first level and the second level of the defense to help the run game. There's going to be more room to work. That's kind of the progression of we want more speed. We're going to play more vertical. We're going to push over the top. We're going to create more space, and it's going to be a more balanced offense as benefited by the speed that Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Robert Foster, uh, you get another year for Limbo and Jr. is kind of an X-factor piece. You get Albert Wilson back, who has looked really good in OTAs. So all those things combined, I think, is their plan to set to a tongue below for success. Whether or not that works or not, that's going to depend on the chemistry and then, as you said, the offensive line. How important is it as well when it comes to Tua that he's walking in with no questions? There's no Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's nobody else that's pushing him for the quarterback position and no switching and swapping week to week. How important is that for his confidence going into the season? I, I don't know if the quarterback situation hurt the confidence so much as when Tua talked throughout the course of minicamp and OTAs and he asked about the playbook. He openly mm -hmm. came out and said, and those, these comments made huge waves and everybody that's on right. the national shows were beating a dead horse for two weeks over it about Tua and not really knowing the playbook that well. And uh, I, I think that's the biggest thing for Tua is you could tell that there was a different menu when Tua was in the game versus when Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the game. Sure. You can only do so much. And Tua said, we didn't have checks and alerts and everything was really watered down when I was in because I didn't know the playbook that well. And, this, that's the big thing. And I think that was a big piece of why the continuity for Miami is yes, they made an offensive coordinator change, but they promoted co-promoted two assistant coaches were on staff right. last year. I think that much more so than looking over your shoulder at, Oh, they're going to call into the bullpen. It's like, dude, just make your reads, right? right. <laughs> like work through your reads, make your progressions mm -hmm. and Let's go out play. I mean, that personnel, personnel issues that really bogged down the offense, we've provided you solutions for that now. A very young and exciting team. The Miami Dolphins very much looking forward to keeping up with everything going on with them. And if you want to do that, the best way to do it would be checking out Kyle Krabs over on the Locked On Dolphins podcast every Monday through Friday. You can also catch him every Monday through Friday along with Joe Marino over at Draft Dudes and on Twitter at Grinding the Tape. Kyle, we appreciate you very much for coming through, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Up next, we're going to be joined for our fantasy forum, taking a look at what happens now when it comes to Allen Robinson, as well as Chris Godwin, these guys that didn't get long-term deals and are on the franchise tag. How does that affect your fantasy team and your dynasty teams? Kate's going to join us from Locked On Dynasty Football to talk about that more in detail. We'll continue on with today's episode of Locked On NFL. But before we get to that, Luke, I, I got to tell you, one of the things that probably would help me out a little bit more when it comes to getting stronger and better at fantasy football is some protein. And I happen to know exactly where I can get that protein. And of course, it's with the best tasting protein bars on the market at BuiltBar.com. 
Is there even a better protein bar out there? No. It's no. delicious. What if you no. could eat an Almond Joy and then not feel bad about it? I'll tell you what. You can. It, it would be a Built Bar. Coconut Almond, a, baby. Or Coconut. You, oh, you can get a Mounds Bar if you want to. Yeah. They're so good. So if you want to go ahead and check all of these out, you can grab a sample box. You can get two of each of these nine static flavors that they have over that, on that one. the website. That's absolutely the way that I would recommend it. But if you've got one flavor that you really like or up to three flavors that you really like, you can customize your own box as well. And of course, make sure you continue to check out BuiltBar.com for any limited time flavors. Keep it locked here on Locked on NFL because we are always talking about the limited time flavors because they're incredible. So check them out and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, everybody, moving on with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Obviously, this past week, the franchise tag extension deadline passed. That means that a whole bunch of players that were on franchise tags could have signed extensions, but now they're playing on the tag. Two of those players, Alan Robinson and Chris Godwin. So we brought in Kate Majuk to help us make any sense of the fantasy implications of those two players not signing an extension. Those two players are going to play on one-year deals for the Bucks and Bears, respectively. Broad headline, what does it mean for us, Kate? I don't think this means too much for either of these guys. When I'm being honest, I'm looking at these like these situations as uh, kind of fluky, fluky, fluky like things. Like I that's you. I, that's Luke. Uh, <laughs> Lukey, Lukey Braun. Failing up. That that's how I'm looking at these situations. You have to appreciate the like the magnitude that uh, these guys are uh, trying to construct these really really big time deals while they are in the midst of this global pandemic, so many uncertainties. And you look at the ramifications of that. And the biggest, biggest one of all for the NFL was that huge dip in cap. And Mm -hmm. every single year we are expecting it to go up and up and up. And player contracts are expected to go up and up and up, especially for these wide receivers. If you are not Kenny Galladay this season, you did not get a fantastic contract. And let's be honest, all of these guys are basically working on one-year deals, whether it's Chris Godwin on the franchise tag or Will Fuller, who like literally signed just a one-year deal because they want that opportunity to sign like a, a bigger contract next season. Chris Godwin is Chris Godwin. Like right. I, I don't think he has a ton of questions to be asked. Last season, he was being drafted as the wide receiver five in Dynasty Startups, okay? He's the same player. He was the wide receiver 32 last season. And there's no difference in the usage. You have to give your trust in that player. This is a prime opportunity to buy, buy, buy. Hmm. All of the Chris Godwin. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance to the way that Chris Godwin maybe had a little bit of his drop there. So it's great to hear some of that. What about when it comes to Allen Robinson, who, for all intents and purposes, the Bears will have you believe they're going to really roll with Andy Andy Dalton uh, this season. Do you (laughs) pump your brakes on Allen Robinson at all, even not connected to the long-term contract not coming to fruition, but for other reasons? I think Allen Robinson is honestly one of these these guys that I I said on our podcast this week. I have a really tough time selling Allen Robinson. If I'm the Allen Robinson manager in my mm-hmm. dynasty football leagues, I have a hard time selling him because it's really hard to get that same return 
that you want in your league versus what he's actually giving your dynasty fantasy football team over the last three seasons among wide receivers ranks fifth in targets. Like we say all the time in fantasy football, opportunity is key. Mm -hmm. He's had the fifth most targets among wide receivers ranks eighth in receptions. If you are a PPR fantasy football guru, that's your bread and butter. 12th in receiving yards, 19th in receiving touchdowns. And we've seen him play with garbage quarterbacks. Now, I do think there's going to be a trade-off. I think there's going to be a big-time trade-off. When you look at what you expect from him, who over the last three seasons, he's ranked 14th in fantasy points among wide receivers. So he's the, the wide receiver 14 from 2018 to 2020. Maybe that's where we can buy him at a, a relatively low value if you aren't the Allen Robin man, Allen Robinson manager. Mm. I think that's sort of the the way to approach it. If you don't have him, buy. If you have him, I think you hold. I like it. I think you just enjoy the the uh, the value that he brings to your team. So I want to ask a little bit more about like the situations of these two players, Um, because I think that's that's good advice for both fantasy teams and the Bears. Try to have Allen Robinson uh, for as long as you can. (laughs) But that's the the trouble, right? Are the Bears going to screw this up? And so I guess in a broader sense, when it comes to contract situations, when it comes to Will Fuller's or Chris Godwin's or anybody on a one year deal or somebody who gets extended, you know, when Alvin Kamara gets extended, how do we figure out the value of an asset like that or, and how it changes from on a contract year to free agent? You know, is there something to maybe if you're doing a startup draft right now or something, maybe moving somebody like Allen Robinson down your board a couple spots because we're not sure if he's going to be in a best in the best situation next year or is that just thinking way too hard? Uh, I honestly, it can go both ways. Um, I think it's a really good way to look at uh, maybe as a tiebreaker. If you have a couple of guys that you really like in the same exact situation um, or in the the same exact range, and you're trying to figure out how do I how do I decide between X Y Z? I think contract situation is one of those great tiebreakers where you think, can I reasonably project what this player is going to come into and I mean, contract situation is fantastic, but then you look at a guy like Todd Gurley, who he came oh. into a very nice contract situation, and that wasn't uh, that that was not predictive of his fantasy football success. It wasn't predictive of his usage in the next three seasons to come. So I do think, honestly, I it has to come down to me if I'm trying to evaluate some of these guys that maybe are coming up on a contract year. This is the point where I do my gut check and I say, do I believe in this guy? You have to figure out how you feel about the player first. And that's always my like first and foremost belief, but try to project them out over maybe the next season or two. But you just got to roll with your gut, honestly, when they're in these situations. And that's always what I feel because talent most often wins out.
Yeah, that makes sense. Kate, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for coming by and helping us with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. You can find Kate at FF Ball Blast. You can find her on the Locked On Dynasty Fantasy Podcast as well. You can also find the Locked On Today Podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. You want to shout that out? He is covering everything in the world of sports in under 20 minutes every single day. So make sure you don't miss out on that. As for us on the Locked On NFL Podcast, tomorrow you got Tony and James. They're going to bring Mike Debate on and talk about the Patriots a little bit and where they're at with Mac Jones and Cam Newton, everything going on. Excited for that conversation. So make sure you come right back around tomorrow. For Ross Jackson, I'm Luke Braun here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.